إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا وسيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله سناور عن ذكابتا باب قول الله تعالى فلما آتاهما صالحا جعلا له شركاء فيما آتاهما This particular chapter now referring to this ayah that when they were blessed <coughs> when they were blessed with a righteous child that they made partners alongside him in what they were blessed with this particular chapter, the Sheikh says, هذا الباب المقصود به بيان أن تعبيد الأسماء لغير الله شرك ينافي كمال التوحيد إن كان المقصود مجرد التسمية أما إن كان المقصود تعبيد التأله لغير الله فإنه شرك أكبر ينافي التوحيد This chapter is to highlight that having a name which is Abd to someone other than Allah, that this is a form of shirk. Abd such and such, an association to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that is considered a form of shirk. If a person was doing it purely for the sake of that being a name, just for it being a name, a name for the sake of a name, then that would be a type of shirk that negates the perfection of the tawheed of that person. And if it was upon the basis of giving some form of worship to this other thing, and therefore having named Abd to something else, desiring behind that a form of worship to this other item, then that would be major shirk exiting from the fold of Islam. So in this chapter then, when it mentions, فَلَمَّا آتَاهُمَا صَالِحًا جَعَلَا لَهُ شُرَكَاءَ فِيمَا آتَاهُمَا يُرِيدُ بَيَانْ مَا جَاءَ فِي تَفْسِيرِ الْآيَةِ So he wants to clarify the tafsir of this particular ayah and the benefits that are taken from it. وَالْآيَةِ أَلَّتِي قَبْلَهَا قَوْلُهُ تَعَالَى هُوَ الَّذِي خَلَقَكُمْ مِنْ نَفْسٍ وَاحِدَةِ وَجَعَلَ مِنْهَا زَوْجَهَا يعني آدم وحوى That he is the one who created you from one soul, from one entity. وَجَعَلَ مِنْهَا زَوْجَهَا And he made from it the wife. Meaning Adam alayhi salam first, and then from him his wife Hawa. فَلَمَّا تَغَشَّاهَا يعني وَطِئَهَا حَمَلَتْ يعني عَلَقَتْ رَحِمُهَا بِالنُطْفَةِ So when <coughs> the intercourse occurred, then she became pregnant. حَمْلًا خَفِيفًا هَذَا شَأْنُ الْحَمْلِ فِي أَوَّلِ أَطْوَارِهِ 
Initially, it is a pregnancy in the early stages where it is not noticeable. In the early stages, that is how it occurs, that the pregnancy is not noticeable. فَمَرَّتْ بِهِ يعني ما أجلسها ولا عوقها عن العمل فهي تمر وتمشي وتقوم وتقعد But even though she was pregnant, she continued upon her affairs. It did not prevent her from her affairs that she was engaged in and preoccupied with typically. فَلَمَّا أَثْقَلَتْ So when she became at a later stage of pregnancy, heavier in that pregnancy, دَعَوَ اللَّهَ رَبَّهُمَا they made dua to Allah their Lord. Dua Adam wa Hawa. They both made dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Talaba min Allahi jalla wa ala. La in ataytana saliha. That if you were to give us a righteous child, a formed, proper, righteous child, يعني رزقتنا مولودا سويا في خلقته لنكونن من الشاكرين Then we will be from the grateful ones. They made dua to Allah that if you give us an upright, formed, righteous child, then we will be from the grateful ones. لأن هذا هو الواجب في النعمة أن تشكر because when a blessing is given, what is obligatory upon you, binding upon you, is to be grateful for that blessing. So they said, we will be grateful if that occurs. فَلَمَّا آتَاهُمَا صَالِحًا So when their dua was answered, and they were given a righteous, formed child, human being, as their child, جَعَلَا لَهُ شُرَكَاءَ فِي مَا آتَاهُمَا That they made partners in that which they had been blessed with. بِأَنْ سَمَّيَاهُ عَبْدُ الْحَارِثِ فَعَبَّدَاهُ لِغَيْرِ اللَّهِ وَهَذَا مِنَ الشِّرْكِ فِي التَّسْمِيَةِ حَيْثُ عَبَّدَاهُ لِغَيْرِ اللَّهِ So then it is mentioned that they named him Abdul Harith. Abdul Harith. And this the Shaykh mentions is naming the Abd or ascribing the Abd to a name which is not from the names of Allah. So this would be a type of shirk in naming. A type of shirk in naming. ثم ذكر عن ابن حزم وهو الإمام الجليل أبو محمد علي بن أحمد بن سعيد بن حزم الأندلسي القرطبي الظاهري ثم ذكر عن ابن حزم قال اتفقوا يعني أجمعوا وليس المراد الاتفاق عند المتأخرين الذين هو قول جماعة من أهل العلم ابن حزم he said that the scholars they agreed 
had a consensus upon the fact على تحريم كل اسم معبد لغير الله upon the impermissibility of any name that is made an abd and associated to something other than Allah. For example, Abdul Hussein, Haram. Abdul Rasul, Haram. Abdul Kaaba, Haram. Abdul Harith. All of these types of names are impermissible. وغير ذلك لأن التعبيد يجب أن يكون لله making the ascription of the servant of Abdu such and such then it must be an ascription to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Abdullah, Abdul Rahman, Abdul Rahim, Abdul Aziz must be to the names of Allah so having the Abd ascribed to other than Allah it is impermissible لِأَنَّ الْخَلْقَ كُلَّهُمْ عِبَادُ اللَّهِ Because all of the creation, they are the servants of Allah. كَمَا قَالَ تَعَالَى إِنْ كُلُّ مَنْ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ إِلَّا آتِ الرَّحْمَانِ عَبْدًا Everything in the heavens and the earth, they will come to Allah as a servant of His. فَكُلُّ الْخَلْقِ عِبَادُ اللَّهِ الْمُؤْمِنُ الْكَافِرِ so all of the creation of the servants of Allah, the believers and the disbelievers, they are all servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. لكن العبودية على قسمين عبودية عامة وعبودية خاصة العبودية العامة وهذه تشمل جميع الخلق المؤمن والكافر كلهم عباد لله there are two types of this servantship. Two types of this servantship, as you may say. A general form of everyone being a servant of Allah, that is the believers and the non-believers. They are all servants of Allah in that regard. Meaning that everyone, believer, non-believer, they are all controlled by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They are all created by Allah. And Allah does as He pleases with them. وَيُدَبِّرُ أُمُورَهُمْ And Allah controls their affairs. And what occurs of their affairs. لَا يَخْرُجُ عَنْ هَذَا أَحَدٌ مِنَ الْخَلْقِ Nobody from creation is outside of that. But the second type of this servantship, of this worship, هِيَ عُبُودِيَّ خَاصَةً وَهِيَ عُبُودِيَّةُ التَّأَلُّهُ وَالْمَحَبَّةُ وَهَذِهِ خَاصَ بِالْمُؤْمِنِينَ This type of specific عُبُودِيَّة is the type which is for the believers. That they are the servants of Allah, they worship Allah, they love Allah. Hence Allah mentioned, قُلْ يَا عِبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ أَصْرَفُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ لَا تَقْنَطُوا مِنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ Say to my servants, my servants, those who have transgressed upon themselves, do not lose hope in the mercy of Allah. Similarly, يَا عِبَادِي لَا خَوْفٌ عَلَيْكُمُ الْيَوْمَ وَلَا أَنْتُمْ تَحْزَنُونَ O my servants, there is no fear upon you today and neither will you be grieving.
<coughs> these mentionings of my servants, قُلْ يَا عِبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ أَسْرَفُوا عَلَى أَنفُسِهِمْ يَا عِبَادِ لَا خَوْفٌ عَلَيْكُمْ وَلَا أَنْتُمْ تَحْزَنُونَ This is all referring to the specific types of servitude. The believers from the servants of Allah. The believers from the servants of Allah is what is meant in these ayat. So Ibn Hazm said, اتفقوا على تحريم كل اسم معبد لغير الله كعبد عمر وعبد الكعبة وغير ذلك حاشا عبد المطلب Except for Abdul Muttalib. And that was the grandfather of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Because the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he is Muhammad ibn Abdullah ibn Abdul Muttalib. Ibn Hashim ibn Abd Manaf ibn Qusay ibn Kilab. For Abdul Muttalib, هذا استثناه ابن حزم من التحريم. Ibn Hazm says, Abdul Muttalib is excused from that prohibition. However, after Ibn Hazm mentioned this, that all of the names which begin with Abd, and then they are associated to other than Allah are impermissible, Abdul Rasul, Abdul Ka'bah, etc., except for Abdul Muttalib. Al Muttalib isn't one of the names of Allah. But he said, Abdul Muttalib is an exception. He was the grandfather of the Prophet ﷺ. However, this statement is incorrect. لكن ليس الأمر كما قال رحمه الله فلا يجوز أن يسمى أحد الآن Abdul Muttalib. It is not permissible for anyone to have the name Abdul Muttalib. It is not permissible for anyone to have the name Abdul Muttalib. And in reality, there is no justification to have that as an exception. Why would Abdul Muttalib be an exception? For what reason? There is no justification in reality to make that an exception. He was the grandfather of the Prophet ﷺ, but that doesn't make it an exception. So there is no justification to make that an exception. In that case, people may say, when we study Sirah, when we talk about the Prophet ﷺ, we still say Abdul Muttalib. Why do we keep calling him Abdul Muttalib? If that is a haram name, surely it's not correct for us to keep saying Abdul Muttalib, Abdul Muttalib all the time. If that is a name that is impermissible, Abd to other than Allah, so why do we keep saying it? Why do we keep mentioning it? Why is it in the seerah everywhere? Abdul Muttalib, Abdul Muttalib. Sort of. It is simply narrating the facts. This is what he was known as. This is how to identify him. He is the grandfather of the Prophet ﷺ. He was known as Abdul Muttalib. That was his name. That's how it went down in history. That's who he is. That's how he was recognized as. So it is mentioned upon factual basis. Not because it is permissible or uh, it is allowed in any way. Purely upon a factual basis, this is who he was, this is what his name was, this is what they all knew him as. So that is just upon a factual basis. إِنَّمَا يُقَالُ عَبْدُ الْمُطَّلِبِ لِجَدِّ الرَّسُولِ خَاصَ حِكَايَةً لِلْمَاضِي Simply to narrate the events that his grandfather was called Abdul Muttalib. 
as a factual narration of what was the case. And in fact, there are others like that. Abdul Kaaba, Abd Shams, Abd Manaf in the lineage. Some of those in the lineage. Abd Manaf, Abd Shams. They aren't names that are legitimate. But again, they are mentioned purely upon a factual basis. This was the lineage. These were the people. This is what they were known by. Not to allow the names to be used or as a permissibility of them. Purely upon a factual basis to tell you this is who they were, this is what their names were, and that's it. أَمَّا بَعْدَ الْإِسْلَامِ فَلَا يَجُوزَ أَنْ يُسَمَّا أَحَدٍ بِهَذِهِ الْأَسْمَاءِ Now that Islam has been revealed, it is not permissible for anybody to have those types of names. It is not permissible to have the name Abd and then associated to other than Allah. Particularly with the extremes that the people they go to. Abdul Ghulam, Abdul Nabi, Abdul Rasul. All of these names are impermissible, haram, and the person needs to change his name. Just Shams. These types of names, like we said last time, any name which has a good meaning it is permissible. So a name like that, possibly you could say, in of itself it's a permissible name. Perhaps. There's nothing really harmful or wrong with it. Maybe strange. Is it strange in Egypt or is it a common name? Many people have it. Mashallah. First time I heard of it. First time I heard that the people are called Shams by itself. And the women too. Mashallah. The son. So, uh, the point was we mentioned last time. Any name which doesn't have any bad connotation to it. And it doesn't have any self-praise and tazkiyah in it. Then it's allowed. It's allowed. So Allah alam. Perhaps that's allowed in terms of a name. It doesn't have... A bad connotation, and you could argue it doesn't really have a tazkiyah as such. So perhaps those types are okay. But the point here is, if you were to say Abdul Shams, Abdul Kaaba, Abdul Ghulam Nabi, as they say, and Abdul Rasul, these types of names are impermissible and haram. There is even a narration just to prove this point that the only reason we mention these names now, Abdul Muttalib, Abd Shams, Abd Manaf, is purely just to narrate history. Purely just to narrate history. There's even a narration the Shaykh mentions here that the Prophet said, Ana Nabi la kathib, Ana ibn Abdul Muttalib. That I am the Prophet, there is no lie in that, and that I am the son of Abdul Muttalib. So he mentioned his lineage and mentioned the name Abdul Muttalib. Because that was the name of the grandfather. So to narrate history, factually, that was his name was. Another point that can be mentioned is, because Abdul Muttalib, Abdul Muttalib wasn't actually his name in reality. Abdul Muttalib wasn't actually his name anyway. So when we narrate that, we're not actually even narrating a name that was actually even used. That wasn't even his real name. Abdul Muttalib, they mentioned his name was something else. They mentioned what? Abdul Muttalib, Laysa ismu Jaddir Rasul, Innama ismuhu Mada.
They say that his name was Shaybatul Hamd. Inna اسمه Shaybatul Hamd. لكن قيل له عبد المطلب لأن عمه عمه المطلب ابن عبد مناف جاء به وهو صغير من أخواله بن النجار في المدينة وكان تأثر لونه بالسواد بسبب السفر فظنوه عبدا مملوكا للمطلب فقالوا عبد المطلب it is mentioned that Abdul Muttalib, the grandfather of the Prophet ﷺ, his uncle, which would make it what to the Prophet ﷺ? Grandfather's uncle. So that's two greats. Great, great uncle. So his grandfather's uncle. Abdul Muttalib's uncle. Abdul Muttalib's uncle on one occasion came with Abdul Muttalib when Abdul Muttalib was small, young. So Abdul Muttalib's uncle came with Abdul Muttalib when Abdul Muttalib was still small and young. And they came one time. Uh, and when they had come from a long journey, they had come from a long journey. Uh, and so when they arrived, Abdul Muttalib after the long journey, had a lot of dust on him and dirty and not looking good, disheveled, etc. from the journey. So when they arrived, the people didn't know who this young boy was with the uncle of Abdul Muttalib. So they thought that this young individual is a slave of him. They thought he was a slave of him. Because Abdul Muttalib's uncle was called Muttalib. Abdul Muttalib's uncle was called Muttalib. So when he came with this young boy, Abdul Muttalib, when he was young, they thought he's just a slave of his. So they said, Abdu al-Muttalib, the slave of al-Muttalib. So he became known with that name, Abdul Muttalib. So in reality, they say his name was actually Shaybatul Hamd, but that he became known as Abdul Muttalib in that way. But nevertheless, even if we mention it now, it is purely just to narrate history. To narrate history, nothing more than that. So then, that ayah that we had mentioned regarding uh, Adam and Hawa, Ibn Abbas radiyallahu anhuma said regarding the ayah, فَلَمَّا تَغَشَّاهَا آدَمُ حَمَلَتْ فَآتَاهُمَا إِبْلِيسِ فَقَالُ When the intercourse occurred and she became pregnant, Hawa, Iblis came to them. Iblis came to them. فقال إني صاحبكما الذي أخرجكما من الجنة. He said, I am the one who exited you from paradise. I am the one who got you out of paradise. يشير إلى القصة التي ذكرها الله عز وجل في كتابه من وسوسة الشيطان لآدم عليه السلام لما حرم الله عليه أن يأكل من شجرة معينة في الجنة وجاءه الشيطان وزينها له وأغراه بالأكل منها فعصى ربه أكل منها فحصرت المعصية أو المصيبة وأخرج من الجنة بسبب ذلك وأهبط إلى الأرض So Iblis in this narration it mentions when Hawa became pregnant Iblis came to Hawa and he said, oh, he came to both of them. And he said to them, I'm the one who got you out of paradise. I'm the one initially when the story occurred that Adam salam was prohibited from eating from a particular tree. But then the shaitan whispered to them and 
uh, uh, caused them to go and eat from that tree, and so the calamity occurred, and they were uh, removed from paradise <coughs> onto the earth. <coughs> so he says to them, I am that one. However, obviously from that initial incident, Adam and Hawa, they both repented, they both sought forgiveness, and Allah forgave them, and that repentance was accepted from them. So then in this case, in this story now, later on, when Hawa is pregnant, in this narration it mentions Iblis comes to them. And he says to them, I'm the one who took you out of paradise. He said to them now, when Hawa is pregnant, you too must, you will obey what I tell you to do now again. You will obey me, you will listen to what I command you to do. أو لَأَجْعَلَنَّ لَهُ قَرْنَيْ أَيِّلِ وَالْأَيِّلِ هُوَ ذَكَرُ الْأَوْعَالِ فَيَخْرُجُ مِنْ بَطْنِكَ فَيَشُقُّهُ يعني بِقَرْنَيْهِ Either you obey what I tell you to do and follow my command, or this child in your womb, I will make upon it horns. I will make upon it horns. What do they say? Stag horns. I will make upon it two stag horns. And that it will rip out from your womb. That when it comes, it will rip out from your womb with those horns upon it. So, either you do as I tell you, you will obey me what I command you, or I will make horns upon this child of yours, unborn child, and it will rip through the womb with these horns, the horns that I place upon it. And he carried on saying, and I will do this, and I will do that, and I will do this, and I will do that, making them scared. But they did not pay attention to him. They did not pay attention to him despite the shaitan giving them all of these threats, I'll do this, I'll do that, I'll make horns on it, it will rip out of your womb, etc., etc. They didn't listen to him. وَلَمْ يُطِيعَاهُ لِأَنَّهُ عَدُوَّهُمَا And they didn't listen to him because he is their enemy. And already previously, the incident had occurred when he whispered to them and they ate from the tree. So they didn't listen to him now, didn't pay any attention to him, even though he kept saying that I will do this and I will do that. سَمِّيَاهُ عَبْدُ الْحَارِثِ He said to them, name him Abdul الْحَارِثِ That's what he wanted them to do. He wanted them to name him Abdul Harith. فَأَبَيَا أَنْ يُطِيعَاهُ But they refused. They weren't going to listen to him. They weren't going to obey him now. They refused despite all of his threats and all of his uh, warnings that I'll do this and I'll do that. So then what happened? فَخَرَجَ مَيِّتَا So in this narration it mentions that the child was born, stillborn. It mentions in the narration that the child was born, stillborn. ثُمَّ حَمَلَتْ فَأَتَاهُمَا فَذَكَرَ لَهُمَا فَأَدْرَكَهُمَا حُبُّ الْوَلَدْ Then she became pregnant again another time after that. Again the shaitan came to them. Again he came to them now to try another time. Try again, this time now she's pregnant again. So he says the same to them again. Do this, do that. Name him Abdul Harith. Otherwise I'll do this, otherwise I'll do that. 
فَأَدْرَكَهُمَا حُبُّ الْوَلَدِ So the emotion overcame them, the love and the desire to have a child. The love and the desire to have a child. فَسَمَّيَاهُ عَبْدُ الْحَارِثِ So they named him Abdul Harith. An impermissible name. فَذَلِكَ قَوْلُهُ تَعَالَى And that is the, that is the uh, statement, جَعَلَا لَهُ شُرَكَاءَ فِيمَا آتَاهُمَا That they made partners in that which they were blessed with. Meaning they named him a name that was impermissible. That's the story. That's the narration that is mentioned. So now pay attention to the next part. The next part now says, pay attention very carefully and keep that narration in mind yet. Don't just take that narration now and leave it aside. Keep that in mind yet. وَلَهُ بِسَنَدٍ صَحِيحٍ عَنْ قَتَادَ شُرَكَا فِي طَاعَتِهِ وَلَمْ يَكُنْ فِي عِبَادَتِهِ شرك الطاعة شرك أصغر لا يخرج من الملة لا سيما أنهما لم يفعل هذا قصدا للمعنى وإنما فعلاه من باب حب الولد ومن أجل سلامته فقط It is mentioned that this was only the type of shirk which is shirk of, uh, shirk of uh, obedience the shirk of obedience shirk الطاعة the shirk of obedience which is a minor form of shirk and it was not that they actually wanted a name to indicate the deification of anyone else besides Allah. But this was purely the emotion to have the child, fearing that the shaitan may cause a stillbirth, etc. So that they named him in that way. However, that is still a type of shirk, to associate abd to other than Allah. فَيَكُونُ شِرْكًا وَلَوْ لَمْ يَقْصُدُوا الْإِنسَانِ فَدَلَّ هَذَا عَلَىٰ أَنَّ مَنْ تَكَلَّمَ بِشِرْكَ وَفَعَلَ شِرْكَ فَإِنَّهُ يُسَمَّ مُشْرِكًا وَلَوْ لَمْ يَقْصُدُهُ وَلَمْ يَنْوِيهِ فيحكم عليه بأن فعله هذا شرك سواء من الشرك الأصغر أو الشرك الأكبر ولهذا قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال له ما شاء الله وشئت أجعلتني لله ندا مع أن القائل ما أراد نجعل لله ندا ولكن هذا اللفظ لا يجوز فهو شرك ولو لم يقصده فكيف إذا قصده So this even if a person doesn't intend it is still a form of shirk if you're going to name Abdul Harith, for example, Abd to someone else besides Allah, then that is a form of shirk, whether you intend it or not. However, the point that needs to be made, and it will be clarified further yet to come, this narration, the scholars say, what about it? This story about the shaitan coming and saying that I'll do the horns, What do the scholars mention regarding this narration? Hmm? The narration itself and the authenticity of the narration. There are scholars who have mentioned that this narration is not authentic. This story of Iblis coming and saying, I'll make the horns and the stillbirth, and then afterwards them naming him Abdul Harith, some of the scholars say that narration is not authentic. So bear that in mind. All of that story you've just mentioned, some of the scholars say it is not an authentic narration and it did not occur in this manner. Continuing though on the same theme yet, لَإِنْ أَتَيْتَنَا صَالِحَا أَشْفَقَا أَنْ لَا يَكُونَ إِنسَانًا وَذَكَرَ مَعَنَاهُ عَنِ الْحَسَنِ وَسَعِيدُ وَغَيْرِهِمَا The ayah where it says, that if you gave us a salih, a, a, a formed 
a properly formed human, a properly formed child. They were making dua for that. In some of the tafasir it mentions because they feared that in accordance to this narration that maybe the shaitan would make it a jinni or the shaitan would make it an animal. So they were asking Allah to give them a formed human child. ذكر معناه عن الحسن البصري وسعيد بن المصيب وهم من أئمة التابعين from the great scholars of the tabi'een who mentioned this وهو الذي اختار الشيخ المصنف محمد بن عبد الوهاب واختاره شارح الشيخ سليمان بن عبد الله وأن هذا الشرك المذكور في الآية وقع من آدم وحواء لكنه شرك في الطاعة وليس في العبادة وذهب بعض المفسرين وهو القول الثاني إلى أن الآية من أولها إلى آخرها لا تعني آدم ولا حواء وإنما تعني المشركين من بني آدم ويتعمدوا في هذا على شيئين Some of the scholars, that's what they mention All of that narration, what we've been talking about The narration of the Iblis coming, saying Name him Abdul Harith, otherwise I'll do this, I'll do that I'll make horns come on it, it'll rip out of the womb They refused to accept, so it was still born then when they got pregnant again, when Hawa became pregnant again, this time because of their love to have a child, they did it. Not because they wanted the name Abdul Harith or they wanted deification of anyone else, just for the sake of the child. So that would be kind of shirk which is the shirk of obedience. Not actual shirk of naming Abd to another besides Allah in deification of him. So that is a smaller type of shirk. That is one opinion of the scholars regarding all of that. There is another opinion that this ayah has absolutely nothing to do with the stories of Adam and Hawa at all. None of those stories, narrations, forget it. It's not even applicable to any of that. None of that is even uh, mentioned for this ayah. Some of the scholars say all of this is talking about the mushrikeen. That the mushrikeen, they are the ones who do this. Not Nothing to do with Adam and Hawa. The reasons why they say that, firstly... Firstly, because it just isn't conceivable and possible for something of this nature to occur from Adam and Hawa. It isn't conceivable and possible. لا يجوز أن يقع من آدم وحواء مثل هذا. It's impermissible for this to have occurred. Could not have occurred from Adam and Hawa that they commit a form of shirk in listening to the shaitan due to their love for a child. لأن آدم عليه السلام نبي من أنبياء الله. Adam is a prophet and it is agreed upon by the scholars the prophets can never fall into shirk or major sins even. That is agreed upon and mentioned. Hence some of the scholars say this narration cannot be reliable and correct regarding Adam salam. Secondly, secondly, another reason why this ayah isn't talking about this story and this story isn't legitimate. Some scholars say because at the end of the ayah it says, فَتَعَالَ اللَّهُ عَمَّا يُشْرِكُونَ that Allah is most high from what they commit in terms of shirk. Plural is mentioned here. What they commit of shirk in the plural form. Adam and Hawa is only dual. So the plural they say the scholars mention is referring to the mushrikun. The polytheists as a whole. Not Adam and Hawa at all. وَاخْتَارَ هَذَا الْقَوْلِ ibn Kathir. Ibn Kathir took this opinion. And he criticized this narration and he said, it is probably just one of the stories from the Israeliyat. Israeliyat. Now this story about Iblis and the horns, etc. and the stillbirth, it is just one of those stories from the Israeliyat. 
and it is not uh, an authentic narration. That is what Ibn Kathir mentioned. And there are though scholars who take that first opinion and that narration. There are scholars who do take it. But Ibn Kathir says it cannot be. It cannot be. وَيُرَجِّحُ الْقَوْلُ الْأَوَّلُ أَنَّ اللَّهَ سُبْحَانَهُ ذَكَرَ الضَّمِيرُ بِلَفْظِ التَّثْنِيَةِ وَأَوَّلُ الْآيَةِ لَا شَكَّ فِي آدَمَ حَوَّةٍ One of the reasons why the, big, why the first opinion of the scholars could be correct is because the ayah mentions the dual form. And no doubt the beginning of the ayah is definitely about Adam and Hawa. The beginning of the ayah is definitely about Adam and Hawa. هُوَ الَّذِي خَلَقَكُمْ مِن نَفْسٍ وَاحِدًا وَجَعَلَ مِنْهَا زَوْجَهَا Allah is the one who created you from one soul and made from it the partner, Adam and Hawa. The first part of the ayah is definitely about Adam and Hawa. Then the remainder parts of the ayah, there are sections which are in the dual form. All of these are in the dual form. The whole ayah there is mentioned in the dual form up until the final part which was plural. But all of these parts are dual. So the scholars say again, it must be talking about Adam and Hawa. أَمَّا آخِرُ الْآيَةَ As for the end of the ayah which was in plural form, then the scholars say, well that's just because after Adam and Hawa, the offspring came, the offspring came, and therefore it became multiple and, du- and plural. So that is then referring to the offspring and the plural nature of the offspring. So, the first opinion, some of the scholars do still take it. And they do have their reasonings as mentioned there as to why they take that. But Ibn Kathir said this story is probably from the Israeliyat. It is not an authentic narration. It cannot be that Adam and Hawa fell into this type of shirk. So that is mentioned by Ibn Kathir regarding that narration that it is not authentic and it cannot be relied upon in that way and that the tafsir of the ayah is not referring to that story. So what do we benefit from these sections, these ayat, these evidences? Al-fa'idatul ula, the first benefit that we take from this, bayanul hikmah. بيان الحكمة من خلق الزوجات لبني آدم وأن المقصود من ذلك السكن والاستيلاد وغير ذلك من الفوائد والقوام من الرجل على المرأة وصيانتها إلى غير ذلك لكن أهم شيء هو السكن كون الإنسان يأتي إلى بيت فيه زوجة طيبة ملائمة يسكن إليها ويرتاح معها فاسد وسيدي وزدم إن حافين كرياشن the fact that Allah created us in these pairs, in male and female, husbands and wives, the great benefits in that of having the husband and the wife, the righteous husband and the righteous wife, that they live together and the offspring occurs from that marriage, and they are a comfort to each other. So this is a great wisdom of having the partners in this way, husbands and wives, a comfort to each other, to live amongst each other, and the offspring occurs from amongst each other. So these are from the benefits of, and the wisdoms of, the partners and the marriages between the husbands and the wives, the male and the female. Also, a benefit, أَنَّ حُصُولَ الْأَوْلَادِ الْأَسْوِيَاءِ فِي خِلْقَتِهِمْ الصَّالِحِينَ فِي دِينِهِمْ مِنْ أَكْبَرِ نِعْمٍ 
children that are born in the good creation, in the good and perfect form as they should be, and upon righteousness in their religion is a great blessing from Allah. That is a great blessing from Allah. Allah said in the Quran, وَاللَّهُ جَعَلَ لَكُمْ مِنْ أَنفُسِكُمْ أَزْوَاجًا وَجَعَلَ لَكُمْ مِنْ أَزْوَاجِكُمْ بَنِينَ وَحَفَدًا وَرَزَقَكُمْ مِنَ الطَّيِّبَاتِ Allah made for you from amongst yourselves wives, partners, wives, and made for you, or made for you husband, and made for you wives, and then made for you from those wives, the children, and the grandchildren, the offspring, and he... Uh, blessed you with the goodness. And, لَإِنْ آتَيْتَنَا لَإِنْ آتَيْتَنَا صَالِحًا لَنَكُونَنَّ مِنَ شَاكِرِينَ If you were to give us the righteous formed child, then we will be from the grateful ones. So having the righteous children upon the religion, that is a great blessing from Allah. الْفَائِدَةُ الثَّالِثَةُ فِي الْآيَةَ دَلِيلٌ عَلَى بَيَانَ الْحِكْمَةَ مِنَ الزَّوَاجِ This uh, briefly mentioned already before, the wisdom behind marriage. The wisdom behind marriage, that is already mentioned. Al-Fa'idatul Rabi'ah, and this is the key here, that it is impermissible to have names that are abd and then associated to other than Allah. Impermissible to have names as abd associated to other than Allah. Al-Hadith, fi al-Hadith, dalil, ala anna ta'abid al-asma' li ghayrillahi shirk. Also what we benefit is that a person needs to be upon precaution from the whisperings of the shaitan. To be on precaution from the whisperings of the shaitan. At-tahvir min kaydi iblis. فَإِذَا كَانَ فَعَلَ مَعَ الْأَبَوَيْنِ مَا فَعَلَ فَإِنَّهُ سَيَفْعَلُ مَعَ الذُرِّيَّ أَشَدٍ If what he has done already in terms of his whisperings to Adam and Hawa initially to eat from that tree, that's what he did then, then what he will do to the rest of us is even greater and more severe. What will occur to the rest of us is even greater and more severe from his whisperings. So a person needs to be upon precaution regarding the shaitan. Al-Fa'idatu Sadisa. Naming Abd and then to a name other than Allah is considered shirk. And it is minor shirk. Because it is a shirk of obedience, shirk of ta'a. If you simply name that child for the sake of that name, not because you want deification of the thing you are naming it to. If you want deification of the thing that you are naming it to, then it is major shirk. So then that will be the difference in terms of minor shirk and major shirk. So the shaykh gives examples like Abdul Hussein, Abdul Rasul, Ghulam Rasul. All of these types of names are impermissible and haram. And if anybody has them, they need to change them. Remove those names officially, everything. Change them to the proper and legitimate and permissible forms of the names. That is the end of that particular chapter. If there's any questions, anything else to add, then you may do so now. And then we'll carry on with the next chapter from next time, inshallah. Possibly, but here uh, even the Sanad, Ibn Kathir, when he talks about it, everything, the Hadith, he says it's from the Israeliyat altogether. That means even the Sanad. 
So as far as he's concerned, and some of the scholars are concerned, altogether, altogether. Uh, you know, Ghulam, Nabi, Ghulam, Rasul, uh, have you even heard uh, Ghulam Fatima? What, from what I understand is, they don't, you know, like, in terms of, like, serving... Uh, no problem, then it's uh, shirk or ta'ah. Minor shirk still, you have to change the name. Hmm. Even if that's what they claim, and that's genuinely what it is, it is still shirk or ta'ah. Minor shirk, still impermissible, still haram, still have to change the name. Ghulam's But even with the intention you're saying they have, it is still that other form of shirk. Mm-hmm. It is still the other form of shirk. I, I think the understanding comes from when the Prophet ﷺ said to like, Ya Ghulam, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and then they, they do it from that. Mm-hmm. But it's incorrect. It is still impermissible. That name must be changed. But what if you didn't know and your parents actually named it? Khalas, as soon as you find out, when you find out, the knowledge comes to you. Then you change it. Explain to your parents. Change it. When you find out, before you find out, if you're upon jahil about that issue, then you don't know. But as soon as you find out, then clarify to your parents, explain to them and change it. Next week's chapter is going to be about the names of Allah. Here we've been talking about names generally now, some issues regarding naming and names, some issues of shirk that can arise from the issue of names. Next week now, inshallah, is going to be about the actual names of Allah. Some of the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and some of the rulings regarding the names of Allah. And we'll bring in some additional information regarding uh, the names of Allah and what is mentioned in the Quran regarding the names of Allah. What is the greatest name of Allah? How are all the names of Allah connected? We'll do a a type of one-off session on the names of Allah and some of the principles and the rules and some of the details mentioned in the books of Aqidah, particularly, specifically on the names of Allah next week. That is the chapter regarding the names of Allah next time, inshaAllah. So we'll conclude upon that for today then.